Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studios, I'm Bull Hagen. I'm Vicar. I'm Bull Hagen. I'm Mrs. Uh, Bauman. I'm Vicar's wife. Yeah, for, for a short time longer. I mean, you're always his wife, but... I'll forever be his wife. Yes. But you won't be married to a vicar much longer. I will not. I will be married to a fourth year. Yeah. All right. So everything's in flux right now, right? Peter just moved. Yeah. And vicar and Mrs. Vicar are on their way back to Fort Wayne. In a few days. And so I thought vicar is actually vicar's idea. So my wife isn't mad at me because I'll I'll admit... (laughs) Okay, behind the collar moment, every once in a while, pastors aren't very good at communicating with their wives. <laughs> Isn't that kind of like men in general aren't always very good at communicating with their wives? Or, or yeah. sometimes wives aren't good at listening. You're going to go there, huh? I mean, you know. So, so, what, <laughs> so what happened was <laughs> I mentioned, hey. Adam, do we need to step out? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I plead the fifth or the eighth or whichever, whichever so I, amendment I said it is. something like, hey, we're recording this afternoon or evening, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, this is Vicar's last episode. You guys, should, I think Meg's interested on coming out during the show or something like that. And I meant on the show and you meant uh, you have the opportunity to, to chit chat while you crochet while we're doing the, the heavy lifting, right? Pretty much all you said was maybe the wives would like to hang out. On the show. <laughs> but you How didn't is that say not clear. But you didn't say on the show. Because <laughs> in Julie's okay. defense, we have hung out in the building. During okay. recording. All right, this now this is good. I like where this is going. Okay, Vicar. Yeah. <laughs> you got a year, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna put you in the shoes of a pastor. Help us out. He would really prefer to stay out of it this time. I mean, with the specific scenario, I mean, on the text thread, I tossed out the idea of bringing either my daughter or my wife to just have some filler content yeah. and discussion. Because I'm going to be honest, when it's moment, just you it and me, just, yeah. when it's you and me, we lack a little sparkle. I thought I mean, you were born to sparkle. <laughs> That's what the sign says. It, it does say that. <laughs> no, no, but I, I really enjoyed the episode we did, but I guess I, I didn't communicate that well enough this is riveting co- podcast material behind the I'm collar really right? this. <laughs> so we're here now yeah yeah that's why pastors wear those collars to hide the bruises hey <laughs> yeah. i think the worst thing i ever threw at adam was a kleenex box so that wouldn't have done any damage hey what's a this is good content peter what's a <laughs> no we better not go there so what is a what does a regulation tissue box weigh <laughs> I think I had used already like half of the tissues anyway, so. It's only if I would caught the corner. So the yeah, question is. I think you're fine. W- yeah. Was this before the lifting program or after? Oh, this is a long time ago. Okay. I used to have an anger management see, problem. See, now it would hurt. Right, but now I manage my stress in a much more healthy fashion. Okay. So Is that true, Vicar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she Good thing you said yes. Yeah, if you said no. Yeah, but why would I? Why wouldn't I say yes? <laughs> Either because it's truthful or it's the smart answer. That's right. So what we're going to do is, since oh, by the way, Berg, he's out of town again. He's just 
World Traveling Traveler. Man. I think he was at the, was it the Bugenhagen? Bugenhagen. Was that where? Confer- yeah. yeah, I knew that we was going. We know go- a lot of people at Bugenhagen. I knew that was going right? down. It's pronounced Bullhagen. No, no. <laughs> it's Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. <laughs> it's a conference in Wisconsin that yeah. he goes to. Wisconsin. So, but we have not forget about forgotten about Berg. We miss him, but he'll be back. But I figured we need to, this is your last show yeah. with us. Maybe your not last appearance because, you know, you got a microphone now. Well, yeah, la- last show as vicar. Last show as vicar. And uh, so I thought today we, we just, uh, he's been doing a lot of little stuff for the vicar for the podcast, right? So yeah. I thought we could just clear out the vicar file. Whatever you have left. I'll admit. Bits and pieces. Half of what's in there is for ongoing shenanigans for later. Okay. <laughs> so maybe don't completely clear out the vicar file. No. Oh, you're thinking like collusion with me to have, to make things happen, basically? Maybe. Mm. Mm. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Something dangerous. Oh, I got beverages, yeah. What do you guys want? I got a, a Splendrift sparkling water <laughs> that's got real lemon in it. <laughs> I actually sent some beverages there, too. You want to pull those out? It'd be impressive if, it's actually, if it actually has a real slice of lemon inside. Uh, Mountain Dew Baja Punch. There you go. A uh, Mountain Dew Baja Flash. And then a Splendrift Sparkling Water Lime. So so what do you guys want? You want um, anything? You should take the one with the pineapple. Pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> At least two That's people. a visual gag that At only makes table. sense if you can see it and if you saw the That's TV true. show. That's true. I don't know if Pastor's into that TV show or not. What show? Psych. Uh, Julie and I like it. Yes. yes. And Adam likes it. Yeah. I mean, I'm aware of it because it was always on somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm going to have the Splendor Lime unless somebody wanted it. I'm going to do the pineapple. Just looking, just an odd combination. Pineapple, coconut. I mean, I don't Mountain know. Mountain Dew. I bet it would be really good mixed with something. Tequila or rum. <laughs> Tequila sounds yes. good. Yes. <laughs> We're got we're come on guys we got a podcast okay yeah and <laughs> and I should have brought oh no I do not the room there gone. you go there you go yeah. Y- why is yes. all the rum gone yes because I didn't want to move a half bottle of rum it's a good choice and I got mmm yummy see that the danger is that you could really like it and then this is you probably won't be able to find it anywhere that's true yeah you know, it was from Story City right Peter oh mm-hmm. Where yeah, the store is going out of business, so. Oh, that's sad. So, that's Peter, how's your move? Oh, it was good. It was good. Uh, had a couple of friends help me move and got everything situated now and really happy with the room. It's nice. All right. And I'm sure the listeners happy to hear you back on and be able to do this. So I think they'll be more excited about the editing. <laughs> you don't like, okay. You don't like how I edit? <laughs> I didn't say that. Okay. Vicar, did you hear the finished product? I did. Oh, no, I'm getting that Vicar look. What did you think of the editing? <laughs> it was decent. Okay. Peter has a producer hat for a reason, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there are people that, you know, do that stuff well, and then there's the rest of us. I, I, I admit, I edit like an ADD person. I can attest. <laughs> Add a little more Jeopardy music, a little What is Love. Yeah, but did you do the head bob? I'm sure he did. I was doing that all day then. (laughs) Yeah. So, Vicar, what are you preaching on? We need to get this moving. Not the gospel reading, actually. That's 
Luke 16, which is one confusing parable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll save that one we'll save for that. Berg again. We'll save that for Berg, yeah. But you're preaching on the epistle yeah, reading. Yeah, the epistle reading, which is 1 Corinthians 10, 6 to 13, which is just a really good section. Now, these things took place as an example for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose to, up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 20, 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let everyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that, has, that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So, Vicar, what, what are you preaching on with that sermon? Uh, kind of focusing on that, that end part there, especially 13, with... This is this has happened before. This is what's going on, and this is the, kind of the majority popular opinion of, oh, eat, drink, be merry, and do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And quite a lot of time, the majority is wrong, or at least looking the wrong way, and looking away from God. Yeah. So, so you basically you say that uh, that uh, we live in a time where everyone, the majority seems to always be right. Yeah. But but the, the example that Paul gives yeah, of the he, children of Israel, I mean, how many how many people wound up from the children of Israel who left Egypt actually entering in to the promised land? Yeah, of the, like, what, conservatively counted quarter million people? Two. Of all the people that crossed <laughs> the Red Sea, two people entered the promised land. And how, so you look at, look at the, the majority. Yeah. The, the majority decided that their opinion was more important than what God said and therefore fell away. So, so, so as a Christian, all right, as Christian, you're never really going to be in the majority on most things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's okay. That's the way it's always been. So the majority is uh, it's not always right. And we live at a time where we need to remember that. And uh, to remember that when it comes to whether it's God's law or even his gospel, that we, we learn and lean on the word of God. And, and, and you talk a little bit about temptation, right? Yeah. In, in your sermon. Yeah, got a, got a bit of that. Because that's the thing. The majority, like looking at from politics, isn't necessarily the wrong way to govern. But when we're looking at scripture, it is a problem. You know, Paul has all those examples and all those examples throughout Israel's history. The one that I've got in there as well is with Elijah. You know, the majority of the prophets and priests when Elijah was around were all false prophets. You know, he was all by himself. If if the contest was decided just on who had the majority, Elijah would have lost. And the majority is a majority for a reason. Yeah. Majority is a majority because it makes sense to a lot of people. It appeals to to human sensibilities, even though they're wrong. You know, we like to say, oh, I would never be a part of that golden calf thing. <laughs> I would never be one of those prophets of Baal. So so that would make you in the top, what percent? 
like 99. And so when we think about it, that also then teaches us to be mindful, as Paul says in the reading, of saying, this is written for your instruction, so yep. you don't do what they did. And to be mindful that God's Word calls you to be different, to think differently, to trust in His Word above all other things. Yep. So this is kind of the gospel companion to what John writes at the end of his gospel. These things are written that you may believe. Well, these things are written so that you may fear, love, and trust God and believe his law. Right. Learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Which is what you like as a someone who likes history. Oh, yeah. But right. I find it to be a comforting section of Scripture because it reminds us that no one else has been tempted by something that can't be handled, that God's always going to give us a way out. I, is this where the, the popular phrase comes from, where God isn't going to give you more than you can handle? I think so. Even mm-hmm. though this is about temptation and totally yeah. misusing the phrase? I, th- I think so. And that's... I think that's also why the Old Testament reading, it's, you know, David at the end of his life, and there's a lot of, you know, God is my refuge that he's talking about. You know, he experienced a lot of that stuff. And so when it's saying in, you know, the epistle, you know, a way of escape, you know, he's not just talking, oh, he's not, you're not going to be tempted to the point where you can't handle it. It's God's actually still going to protect you, even if it is above and beyond your ability, which technically it always is. You know, we cannot by our own reason and strength believe. We have to cling to the cross. So that is our text. So uh, how's the move going? Y- y'all all set to go? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on track. I'm further ahead than I normally am. I'm not a very organized person. So uh, it's not like I have like a checklist. I'm not good at that. But um, I'll teach you sometime. Yeah, I'm sure you got lots of tips. <laughs> On how to stay on track. <laughs> so, uh, so Vicar and Mrs. Vicar, what are some of your favorite memories of this year? Do you have any um, that you'd like to share? Meeting Julie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you want to elaborate? <laughs> it's women need other women and we've gotten to be good friends this year yeah it's it's been good to have somebody to talk to somebody who's been through the things and can say you're gonna you're gonna be fine it's all gonna be okay (laughs) that's the mantra how about you vicar what's your favorite memory favorite good or favorite bad (laughs) that's that's the interesting thing there's there's been a lot that's happened Mm -hmm. and some of it's not been great but it's been really good for learning. But That's... I've, but I've, I've actually really enjoyed getting to work on those services, like especially the Lenten services, mm-hmm. the the Sunday that you were on vacation, and being able to to cover for that, and that was that was quite the experience, and one that was really beneficial. Do you, do you know what I'm gonna miss? <laughs> uh, it always it always brought, for some reason. Uh, for some reason, I always found it enduring the the, uh, the the eight twenty five Bauman tornado that arrives. <laughs> yeah, we're a bit of a in a good way though. Lively, lively. Yes, lively. 
Yes. Sometimes happy, sometimes extremely sad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just depends on how the morning's going. But we haven't really been like late. No, no. For church. That was my biggest fear. You're usually one of the first ones here. Yeah. I think uh, spending two years in Eastern time zone and then like I was constantly late for church. We were constantly like I would send Adam ahead because I could not get everybody together. And then I just was like, I have to. So we're getting up way, way earlier than necessary. We're ready at like 8 a.m. So (laughs) it works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's worked out. And and uh, you're always on time too, Julie. I'm generally on time. Mm-hmm. She is just on time to take Titus before he starts to lose his mind, saying, "Where is my Miss Julie?" Yeah. <laughs> Usually, when I see my wife, that means, "Oh, guess what? It's time to get my robes on." Yep, but not late. <laughs> just on not time. Late. Well, and then you needed that reminder. She knows that you need that reminder to go get your robes on. See? So she's exactly really it's for you on time. It's see? all planned just to it keep is. you on top of things, dear. See. All the inner workings. So uh, I'm going to be honest. I was going to do a little show prep today, and I wound up spending all day making visits. A lot of visits today. So I'm a little visited out, <laughs> which is great <laughs> for podcast. But it happens. It happens. Yeah. So uh, Vicar's got the... Uh, you want to do the question first? Oh, yeah. Which yeah, Miss Hannah. Hannah's, uh, Hannah's... She saw... I don't know if it's a question, so, but... So we don't board. forget it again. We'll, we'll call it a Confound the Clerks. So, maybe what should Peter do? What? What should Peter do? Play. Is, it, is there an intro for this? I don't know that. <laughs> Meg, say Peter, play the intro. Peter, play the intro. Confound the clerics. All right, this comes from our producer, Hannah. Peter, take it away. Yep, Hannah sent this message. Uh, just a quick message. Uh, she said that she spotted a church letterboard in the week uh, in the wild. It says sunscreen, S-O-N, sunscreen prevents sin burn. Oh, man. Boo. Boo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Boo. You look confounded, Vicar. What, what's your reaction no, to that? Di- just disappointed. <laughs> Why are you disappointed? That's, 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 very, that's real little league, you know, bumper sticker theology right there. They can do better. <laughs> what would you like them what to say? What would it be? At least a, pun, at least a better pun. Well... This is Reject Monty Python joke. Is this like a dad joke on a t-shirt, sort of, at a barbecue where he's burned all the hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one is, okay, here's the thing. It does make kind of light of the whole situation. Not that I'm yeah. against making light of anything. <laughs> yeah. However. There's having a good joke, and then there's this. Because it kind of uh, it kind of minimizes the gospel, it reduces it. I suppose it's not wrong when you're trying I mean, to put everything onto one little saying. But it kind of makes Jesus into a band aid solution. Yes. Right. I can see that. Right. It's not about never see see this is the thing that we run into is is when you think of well Jesus is there just to prevent hell. Because that just makes him, you know, sons. You can you, you just do this and you're fine, and it it really has little to do with faith. Yeah, uh, learning to love God and love your neighbor that flows from that faith. It's just like, oh yeah, this is your get out of hell free card. Yeah, 
And then a lot of times... Places, Apply a little Jesus and you won't burn. Yeah, and then a lot of times places that teach Jesus this way then will overemphasize the Ten Commandments as this is how you live the moral life and be godly and earn your spot in heaven sort of stuff. Yeah. So so that that's why we don't... You're right, right, Meg? I'm good. All right. <laughs> it's the Baja. <laughs> Too much Baja. Yeah. Uh, Vicar, you have uh, some things that for the show, uh, do you have anything you'd like to share from your very, because we, I know we've done, so we haven't done all the things you've prepared. Oh no. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, the, the question is, does our producer want me to talk about future intentions or does he want to save that until I've actually taken the time to get software to work and figure out how to make the microphone talk to my computer? We can say we're working on a project. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather you not say your intentions towards Peter on a broadcast like this. <laughs> I yeah. feel like... That is a little more awkward, isn't it? Yeah. I'm kidding. That's fair. So, yeah, you can say that you have a secret project. We can start <gasps> oh, it's a secret. It's a secret project? Secret secrets. How's that go? <laughs> keep secret, it secret secrets. No, not the keep it secret. Keep it safe. Oh, you're thinking sneaky sneaky. No, I'm thinking secret secrets hurt someone or something. Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. That's what I was thinking. Michael Scott. No. Sorry, I speak in television and movie quotes. I don't usually use my own words. (laughs) Tell us your secret, Vicar. I was told not to tell the secret now. So don't tell tell the secret, Vicar. Would you like to? But I will admit, I've actually been thinking about podcast stuff for a while. A long time. Yeah, this is actually thanks to... You know, my friend who who you've decided looks like the local Catholic priest. Oh. Ah, yes. Because we both had the same history class at seminary. I like history. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand any history prior to 1980. Or why it's important. No. Which disappointed me. Sad. Sad. That's sad. That's sad. Whereas. <laughs> Mr. Bauman yeah. is sad. Yeah. Yeah, I was sad. Yeah. So I would I would torment him about it long-term idea would be being able to talk church history and how it's all connected. Mm. But then again, I think I can connect any bit of history to anywhere. He can. It's true. (laughs) We used to, like when we used to be alone together, before there were quite so many and you could still afford a babysitter, um, we would do (laughs) this thing that's not going to sound very romantic, but we're both history people. So for us, it's weirdly enjoyable. I would generally take two things historically or or people and ask him, or I think once it was, you know, how is Genghis Khan responsible for World War II? And I think it only took about 20 minutes and he (laughs) had it figured out. So it's kind of like that. If you've ever heard of like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but yet in a historical sense and to connect things. And I'm pretty sure uh, Mike Rowe stole the idea from us. Somehow, because someone heard us at a who hut somewhere, told Mike Con- Rowe, and now consi- they have a TV show. Considering lawyers aren't in the budget right now, I'm not going to sue him. That's okay. But he is actually really good at that. All like, right. So how does FDR, the 32nd president of the United States, relate to uh, Edmund hey, Barton, the first no, prime minister of Australia? <laughs> no, I got it. Can I, can I edit that? Go ahead. How, could, how, did, how is he somehow responsible for this podcast? Oh. Who? FDR? Or or the Prime Minister of Australia? FDR. 
Okay. 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 I can talk while Vicar thinks. All right. Talk. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm low energy today. Okay. Okay. Um, Julie. Yes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Good talking. So, so well okay. Done. So, okay. No, but I do have a friend that wants to start a podcast and um, about like Lutheran women and things like that. Yeah. Um, and she started an Instagram page. And um, I was asked to like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And I was like, yes, I want to be on your podcast. But what in heaven's name would Lutheran women talk about? But I do think that there is like a space on Instagram, which I don't know how involved y'all are on Instagram, about momming. And it's all Catholic moms. Mm-hmm. And so now all these Lutheran moms are following Catholic moms and getting Catholic mom advice. And not that like it's not still Christian advice. But I think like specifically Lutherans have like a good biblical understanding of like parenting, of, you know, the home, of, you know, the very difficult subject of like wives submit to your husbands. You know, nobody wants to talk about that. And it would be I'll really. I'll talk about it. Oh, 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 Okay. <laughs> No, do, go ahead. do go tell. Ahead. I'm do here tell. today, aren't I? Do tell. Right? That's true. <laughs> we did last episode. That was yeah, a, last that episode was we covered that a little bit. Talk, yeah. Oh, did I miss that? I'm sorry I wasn't listening. Yeah. Oh, that goes back to your first point of why it's not listening. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> point for pastor. <laughs> do we have a scoreboard in here? I feel like there should Chalkboard's be a scoreboard. Chalkboard's too far away. Chalkboard is too far away. But I feel like there should be more, as far as Lutheran women connecting... Lutheran moms connecting. And I feel like the church, I don't know, not that the church should be responsible for that, but what as being married to a pastor, like what could we do a little bit more to be a little bit more vocal about the family within the church? Because that's the best way to grow the church, whether people want to talk about that or not. Um, But teaching our children to want to have children to want to be husbands to want to be wives like other than me in my own home where else you know can we affect that and i'm sure you teach that in confirmation class but by the time they're 13 years old they've already established that they want to be this or that or whatever and aspiring to be a parent is doesn't really sound cool to anybody no it's often more of an afterthought instead of a goal. Right, right. Like, I have to do these other things first. Right. And then I'll get around to it. Mm-hmm. And not that that was my goal in life, but it seems to be where I've landed. Right. Well, <laughs> I'll put it this way. Okay? I'll put it this way. Um, do you ever watch uh, um, nature shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Planet Earth. Right. All right. Jaguar stalking the right antelope. Across right. The- if you watch one of those shows about the animals, right? There's all really, really only two things that make the show interesting. What are they? <laughs> something getting eaten by something else. How they eat, <laughs> right? And how they oh procreate. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Right. <laughs> Everything is how. Okay, I wasn't gonna go that direction. How do it's we song? <laughs> okay. It's all about all the lengths animal. Is he singing the song? He's singing a song. Is it the song? Did you not hear you it? You cut out. You cut out. No, you, you cut I out. think you peaked and cut out. I went too loud. It worked on my microphone anyway. <laughs> just sound really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Good so, job, so my, uh, Okay, you guys are distracting me. So my point is, 
even in nature, which is a creation by God, right? He created to basically the top two things on our list in this life is to what? Find food and make more of us. Right. Where I'm going. This is the worst okay. episode ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, but the, the point is, though, our generation isn't making more of us. Nope. Right. Like millennials and then whoever the next one. Is it Z? Is that what they're called? Zoomers. Z? Z, Z, yeah. that's, yes. You know, yep. the, they're not interested in the family. Like, that's not a priority. And, you know, I know the church growth movement has come and gone, even within the LCMS. But why is it so taboo to talk about the fact that if you're not getting married and making more children and raising more Christians, that the church will die? Because it offends the majority. Ooh, circling back. Circling around. <laughs> well, I mean, this is what other, other religions know this quite well. Well, yeah, Mormons and Muslims are growing. Right. Right. I think so, the only thing we can really do at this point is mentor young women and girls and try and talk up the fact that this is what one of the things God has made us to do. Okay. Part of the part of the thing is is uh is it, it takes a an interesting cuz cuz having kids obviously doesn't make life easy. Right. Right? And it creates a lot of joys and a lot of heartaches along the way. Right. For sure. And uh just because it makes doesn't make life easy and makes life harder it doesn't mean that it's less fulfilling right you know you want to talk about live a fulfilled life you live it for someone else you know even jesus he's a prime example he didn't live for himself he lived for us right he was born for us he did the law perfectly for us he died for us he rose for us and uh it, it didn't make his life easier but it was it was what love led him to do. So I can say as a father um, that uh, being a father over the years has been busy. But at the same time, uh, it's a blessing. People view children rather than being a goal as something to get around to f- uh, as a, a hindrance to your goals. Right. And... Um, and hopefully, well, we got a producer here. He can see that, you know, um, I'm almost annoying. <laughs> almost. <laughs> right? Like, like when you As- come over or just in my, my love for my children where I want to be more helpful than they need. <laughs> what can I make for you to right. eat? Is and anyone not, hungry? And it's not like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like I always even want to do those things, but I'm just driven because... You know, that's a more fulfilling life for me is to do what I can to help my children and and uh, do what I can for them than it is to do anything for myself. Right. Have you, am I speaking out of turn, Peter? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been living either with you or near you for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, even when you come by, I'm like, do you have food? Do you need to take food home with you? You and, moved? And- <laughs> like, what can I do for the move? And you're like... Trying to come up with something for me to do to help. That's the thing, right? <laughs> mom knows especially. Sometimes I just say, hey, can you get me a cup of water? And then I look at mom and mom goes, you could have done that. And I said, yeah, I know. But he wants to do it. So I have to find something <laughs> for him to do. 
So maybe what I could take from that is trying to do my job more joyfully. Because maybe I'm not, you know, we've talked about sometimes jokingly being like people seeing me with my kids that I'm good birth control. Because obviously we're, you talked about the tornado. As it a is, joyous You know, tornado. right. But maybe, you know, I mean, maybe something I could take from that at least is that, you know, doing my job more joyfully. Because I do want to encourage young women in the church to see that and go, yeah, that is a, that is a, you know, thing to want to do as opposed to, you know, I'm going to get this career and, and then maybe consider having children, but try to be. Yeah. But my, my, my point is, is, is what we've lost in that whole discussion is the idea that it is a blessed thing to live and do for someone else more than you would for yourself. Right. That's why blessings in marriage that is how you, uh, whatever vocation you have can be a blessing when you're looking, not what do I get out of this, but how can I be a blessing right. to those who need whatever services I offer? Exactly, because not everybody ends up getting married and having children. Maybe they don't True. find a partner or they can't have children, True. but there yeah. are other ways where you can serve. And, and as, as a pastor who's, who deals with all sorts of generations, the, the, die, the generation right now that is dying out understood this like we don't. Right. Real talk. You know, uh, when when someone, the, the, the cards they write, the letters right. they write, right. the cooking that they do, yeah. the checking up on they do, that they do, um, the way they show genuine care, and how, you know, I have women in the nursing home, right, who, who sit in the nursing home and are happy they're there at the nursing home because there are people at the nursing home who really need them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? There's people here who, who they don't you know they don't have anyone to listen to anybody play the piano. I'm gonna play right. the piano so they can hear hymns. Right. You know, uh, there's people in here who need blankets. I'm gonna crochet a blanket still. There's people in here who are lonely who need a friend. I'm I'm happy I'm here so like there are people who need a friend. Right. Or someone to talk to, and that's why they like going to the nursing home. Was not thinking of themselves. It was thinking of of being a blessing to others and fulfillment. Of that. Right. That's why the generation that is dying out right now, and Peter, you could put some real talk behind if you want. The generation dying out right now is is, is such a blessing for us. And um, oh, I lost my thought. I had to say the real talk, and now it's gone. Well, I was going to ask you though. Then how have we lost that? Then what has happened that we've lost that? What led us to our generation? Because you're saying generationally that this generation is able to think about putting other people first far more than we can understand. So what is it that that led us to, to not understand that? Because my generation does not understand that. Because okay. we've had an easier life. Well, well, yeah. One thing is, you know, they they went through some times where they really, especially in a farming community, they sure. really relied on their neighbors. Sure. You know, you couldn't live out in the country yeah. uh, and do live your life as you would without having, you know, someone to help on the farm, a neighbor right. when they needed it, or someone was sick or someone to watch the kids. Right. So that was part of it is they really needed that for one another. Another thing is, too, back then, the, the church was more of the center of everything. Right. Now it's the school. Right? Okay. Now, back then, it was... You know, uh, training you. Your desire for kids back then was to for them to be faithful, honest, hardworking, right, caring, right. And 
now it seems like, what do I want for my children? I want them to have a really good job. Right. Be athletic. Right? And so you see in, 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 in people younger, I'm going to sound like a boomer, right? How I, I rather like a boomer. <laughs> how, how, okay, before we have kids, we have to have the nice house. Yeah. You have to have, you have, to have a dog have for have five have, years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you got to, you know, live your life before, just like marriage. Right. I mean, people view marriage the same way. Right. Where, where marriage is, oh, you're getting married. Oh, think of all your, what you're giving up. Right. When people think of, look at what you're, rather than what you're gaining by being married. Right. So then what do we do to turn the tide? Is, is there anything that we can do? Like, I know, you know, that we're trying in our own home to raise our children, you know, in that way, that we're trying to show them that, you know, marriage matters, that's, you know, being a servant matters. But if our generation, you know, has thrown their hands up and oh, not interested, like what what is there to be done? Does the church have a place in that? Well, well, Peter, I, can I? You're a younger generation. What are your feelings? Am I? What I'm saying? Do you? Is it something that you've noticed? Am I off base, or am I just sound like an old fart? <laughs> um, I would say that you're probably you're pretty well on. I mean, that's definitely how I feel like, you know, I feel like I should be getting a good job, that kind of thing. Um, and no, no, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying that that's wrong. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it too, maybe that it's a combination of like what we, what, uh, some people consider, Oh, all these younger kids are snowflakes because, you know, everybody's got to have a participation medal and all this other oh, stuff. Right. And so for the younger people's whole lives, they've been receiving, you know, all the, the care in the world and all of the, you know, which is good, but maybe we come to expect, expect it too much. Mm-hmm. We expect to be kind of babied a little bit. And then along those same lines, I think as far as, you know, uh, being successful in life, it takes it takes more to get a quote unquote good job now than they used to because right. you look back in the day and, Oh, I worked at McDonald's and I worked my way through college and I also bought a house. Um, right. that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> right. right. Kind of like, right. uh, you know, we had uh, a member, uh, who is, he's with, with in, in the kingdom of heaven now in the Lord's kingdom who raised a family of five, uh, uh, and his wife, the whole family, being a barber. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. It used to be if you went to college, then you'd definitely be able to get a job because there weren't enough people that had gone to college. And now that doesn't work. But I yeah. think, And that's, that's the other thing that's like, I haven't gone to college. I went to college for, what, a year and a half? And uh, for not <laughs> practical reasons, I flunked out because I didn't do my homework. But... I don't really want to go back because what is it really getting me? A piece right. of paper that says you went to college. Meanwhile, everybody else is doing that too. Right. So the fact that it's harder to get a job, maybe the to bring it back around then means it's more of a focus because it's harder to do. Right. I, I, would, I would say part of it is too, um, it would be, it's, is it more difficult to find someone like-minded? You mean you know, as a spot for a like you wanted, right. you, you wanted to marry someone who wanted to be dad. I right. wanted to marry someone who wanted to be a mom. Right. And 
I don't know. Is that easy to find? Peter, I... I'll let you know in the coming months. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose it is going to get harder, Kansas though. City? Kansas City. Peter's on the market. That's right. <laughs> and he works. He's no longer a night dweller. At least for now. That's for now. right. He's part of the land of the living now. <laughs> so, yeah, how to fix it? I, I really don't know. But, but it, it is interesting, though, how the... You know, when I talk about that older generation that is dying. Yeah. Okay. They're really happy people, too. Yeah. 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 They're really happy people. Yeah. And, you know, when they had a decent amount of children. Right. You know, and and you get the families together at a funeral. Yeah. It's it's such a, a loving, caring yeah. environment. And they're all blessed by that. Yeah. And and so I think part of it is if, if we can learn to get beyond, you know, you know, I'm so concerned whether or not my kid's going to be a sports star. Right. You know. Right. Um, and or whatever the case may be. Um, and uh, and as parents try and, and reiterate and, and, and to teach your children, I think this is an important part, that although it's not easy being a parent, that you love being a parent. Right. Because sometimes parents can give off the impression that, you're just work and busy and my life is crazy because of you, then they might give the impression that it's kind of like the same way that, that, uh, um, you know, when my, my dad was, a learned to be a pastor. Okay. He was rare because he came from a, his dad was a, my grandpa was a steam fitter. Okay. So he didn't come from a family of pastors. Right. And at the time of the seminary, most people, most seminary students were sons of a pastor. They're still a, great majority Adams of a minority in his class really so yeah it is still very popular (laughs) I'd say I'd say at least half my class really either their their dad or granddad or uncles they they have family members who are in the ministry because uh I've only had one vicar that that had a dad as a pastor and now two coming um and uh but I do think that uh part of the issue with why is you know, pastors coming home and making, dealing with issues yeah. and and doing something that makes the ministry sound like it's not something you want to do. You don't sure. want this kind of life. Sure. My mom always told me not to be a nurse. <laughs> because she's a nurse. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, so, like, yeah. And you it's know. really hard as a parent when you are frazzled and trying not to pull your hair out, but you still have to make a point here and there whenever you can. To remind your kids how much you love them and how much you like being their mom or like being their dad. <clears throat> Just as a making a, an actual point of telling them that. I think that is my biggest fear because you've seen me at some of my most frazzled moments. And I've and, lived those frazzled yeah. moments too when our four were young. Yeah. And I don't want them to think that. I think that is probably my worst nightmare <laughs> that I've had recurring overnights. <laughs> I don't think there's a way to fix it, fix it, especially over a podcast, but we can pray about it and do our best to be teaching the next generation. All right, Meg, would you lead us a prayer? <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Not the meal prayer? The Lord's prayer? All right. Sure. The evening prayer? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, I have the morning one memorized. I don't have the evening one memorized yet. 
Why that that is you know Vicar knows that's part of the the Vicar supervisor guy is putting yeah on the spot a little bit right. I mean, what's the policy for praying over a podcast? <laughs> that was a joke, people. Huh. Everybody, calm down. Huh. So, Vicar, how does FDR relate to this? Yeah, podcast? yeah, we got this. We had this really wonderful long real talk tangent to try to give me time to think about something that took thirty seconds. Ugh. Oh, I mean, of course. Of course. What is FDR? What is FDR known for? He's he, as know. president. He had what he called fireside chats. This was the first time that a president talked on the radio, oh, and Pete's he made sake. public media a big and important we thing a and really a common thing. <laughs> okay, podcasts don't happen if the radio isn't popular, and without FDR, the radio is not popular in the U.S. Oh, it would be. No. He certainly helped it anyway. He definitely sounds pretty pretty uh, sure about this one, Bill Higgin. How, how, do you want to call I, him out I on feel... this one? <laughs> no, not really. I feel like he's pretty confident. I mean, it also helps that FDR, before being president, he was Secretary of the Navy. And a lot of the electronic advantages that we have now are thanks to the military. Computers, internet, wireless radio, all that stuff. I thought Al Gore invented the, the internet. internet? No. Yeah. He no. told us that. Oh. He lied. Well, well, well we do have an expert. We have someone who's A-plus rated. In that's, the, that's right. I'm not sure what that means, but you're it. So so who created the internet? Not Al Gore. What did they teach you? Not Al Gore. <laughs> he was involved with the process of how they implemented stuff, but... I still that doesn't really mean much. Usually, I the government does a better job. I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Peter. The better government does a better job of ruining the internet. Um, the government. I'm going to stay out of that one for purposes <laughs> yeah, yeah. of my my future. Okay. Yeah. I have no future. Yeah, we're how many we're how many words away from black helicopters showing up right now? <laughs> All right. If you want, so Vicar, if you wanted a real answer, by the way, Bob Khan and uh, Vint Surf or Kerf are uh, I think the it's two. Kerf. The two uh, that are credited with the internet. With the internet? I still really don't get it. The internet. I don't really get it. Oh, we got Wi-Fi over the Vicar house, don't we? <laughs> you, you, know the, you know the picture of the crazy guy with his conspiracy theory and all the strings? No. <laughs> no you, just, you know the picture, though. <laughs> no. Oh, you mean like red yarn yeah. all over the wall? Yeah. Okay. It's that, but computers. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's the internet, but... Thank oh, you for yeah. the picture, okay. Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I F- now understand the internet. Yeah, F- <laughs> FDR to podcast is not that hard. All right, so do you got any stuff in your file before you close out? I, mean, I got a few. I got a couple things. All Depends right. Depends which one you want. No, that's the stuff I'm not allowed to a, talk about yet. Oh, a potpourri of things. A potpourri. Yeah, what, what do you got? Help us out. Yeah. We're rambling. There's, there's two. There's two. People have to I'm listen to this. There's, there's two different top 12 lists. Which one do you want? What do we have, Vicar? Well, since this is last podcast, I'll be here. I can explain it first and then ask him to play the intro. Okay. Yeah. That was that was my plan. I was gonna I was gonna tell him that this is the that this is the top twelve greatest things about Vicarage in Hampton, Iowa, right before I asked Peter to play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's top twelve. Number twelve. The Omaha Zoo. Oh. Because we're really close yeah. to what a four-hour drive away! Yeah, this is the best zoo in the world. It I know it's zoo. never number one on the list, the world. but everyone who writes the list is wrong. They're so wrong. It's too much walking. It's so good. But there's you so... go in the winter when everybody else is not there. It's the best. Yeah, I'll be quiet now. Yeah, but the thing is, it's in Omaha. <laughs> What's wrong with the Blank Park Zoo? <sighs> number eleven. <Yeah. laughs> 
yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the Omaha comment in a little bit, but yeah, number 11. Number 11. The, the Vicar House. This is this is maybe a little more my my st- take on it than maybe some other vicars, but this is the largest amount of space in a house that we've had. It's true for our whole family, which has been really nice. Maybe footage wise, but maybe not uh, standing space wise. Yeah, ceiling. Yeah, wise. a couple of those rooms in the basement are a little short. It's got I, the coolest bathroom in town. That is the most interesting bathroom in town. That's Intriguing. that's the word I will use. I haven't broken any light bulbs downstairs yet. With his head, Vicar eighteen might. I have. So <laughs> we did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunately the yard isn't as large as the last we had, but we have an entire room just for homeschool. Oh yeah. It is very nice having all that space. Number two. Nebraska is next door. So close. (laughs) Like reach out and touch it. I know. I know. (laughs) I know everyone's going to, everyone's going to say it. I'm unashamedly biased, but the good life is right there. Yeah. Close. That sounds, that sounds, sounds too. I can see Russia from my house. Hey. Hey, Technically, ha- you can. Hey, having Nebraska is, you know, bordering you is better than being next to Illinois. It's true. It's true. So, but it's on the other side. It's okay. on the other side. Sorry. Number nine. Uh, teaching. That's been something I've very much enjoyed here. It's been a great experience. It's one that I've heard frequently from my classmates. They haven't gotten to do a lot of teaching, whether it's Sunday school or Bible studies or anything. I probably taught more in one month than some of them did all year. And. Even the little ones, yeah. Even the even, even little ones going over to the daycare, all of it. So, and it's been good experiences across the board. Some challenging experiences, especially with this year, but it's been good. Mm-hmm. And especially that that Bible study, but that's later. Number eight, the Lenten midweek services. the The fact that I had to be in charge of the whole thing was great, and that I don't think anyone else gets to do that. I think there's another couple places that let them take charge of the advent series mm-hmm. just about but having the entire lenten series done like that's a major load off my shoulders looking at next year yeah right that's that's kind of and also you know you talk to any pastor if you get to a, a winkle group you're like yes what are you guys doing for lent you hear you hear basically the vicar sigh <sighs> yeah I, yeah crickets and i don't know <laughs> but yeah that was that was that was, you know, great experience with planning those sermons and services and putting all that together. And, and also, being yeah, able to do it, it with supervision, too. Yes. So, oh, like, yeah. like, is this... Because what happens sure is when you okay. get out there, you're like, is this is this okay? Like, you gotta... It's a little harder to get feedback. Right. Except at home. <laughs> I have trustworthy feedback at home. I'm a cheerleader, not a coach. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Number seven. The circuit. That's, you know, that, that's been a great thing with, with the Winkle meetings, being able to, you know, be there. And I was treated like a colleague, you know, given a lot of good feedback, a lot of good encouragement, some decent teasing, but it was, it was great to see everyone interacting and working together and especially outside it too. I think I've seen, you know, the pastors in the circuit just around and visiting more than I would have imagined. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been a very good and encouraging thing. I'd like to be in a circuit as interactive as this one. Yeah, I'm sure the Shepherd of the Glacier Lutheran Church has an active circuit. If they, if wherever we wind up doesn't, I'll try to make it as active as possible. 
That's not throwable. Yeah, there's no Kleenex in here, is there? Because I heard those stories, too, about guys who had, you know, who they didn't get to do Winkle meetings all throughout their vicarage because the circuits, like, no one goes to them. Right. Which is really disappointing. Number six. (laughs) In fact, a lot of the circuit guys have been on the podcast. Well, obviously, Berg. Yeah. What? Yeah. At least half the circuit. Uh, Yeah. A little more. Weisel's been on. Yeah. Hamilton, Hamilton, and Trafficking, yeah, yeah. Just need to get Rieger on. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> okay, that was the sound from Pastor that'd, that time. That'd be. I, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, does Rieger listen? It'd be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, if he. Okay, um, hopefully he's not listening. Imagine uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy slowly morphing into Sam Elliott. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I mean, I like Sam Elliott, so. I mean, that's not, that's not really a bad thing. Not really. Anyway. Number six. Fairway. The grocery store. Yeah, we hadn't experienced a fairway before. We had not. Fairy's awesome. It's yeah. funny how many vicars say that. Well, Fairway is not as popular anywhere yeah, else, is it, it? It's not. And, and part of it is, you know, it's nice to be back in that small town and mm-hmm. the little grocery store with, yeah. you know, the friendly people who are there and. And a real meat counter. Yeah. And that was something that stood out, you know, a year ago when Vicar number 16 was doing his list and he had that at pretty high on his list. <laughs> and I actually laughed at it. It's like, it's like, that's a normal thing where we grew up. In small towns. Yeah. But if you're not from, like, my parents ran a grocery store, so my dad was behind a meat counter. Yeah. So I mean, if you don't get to experience and, that. And to have one that uh, actually the prices are somewhat reasonable oh, yeah. right. compared to. But, but, right. even, but even me as, you know, the city kid from Nebraska. We had that. So yeah. I kind of was struggling. I was like, you know, this is the civilized world. This is what we have. But the cities don't. But the cities don't have it. <laughs> they have Walmart. and They have Walmart. Kroger. No, actually, Ames has a fairway meat market. We have heard. I haven't mm-hmm. been there, but I've heard. Yep. They yeah. they sell more uh, more uh, exotic meats there. Interesting. It's They do like sushi stuff there, I think, too. But yeah, the, the, the small town feel of that grocery store is mm-hmm. just... It's a really nice, refreshing difference yeah. from the big box, boring, warehouse-looking Walmart. Yeah. Number five. Number five. The Monday morning Bible study. What? Yeah. what? You're, you're still laughing about your announcer voice. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, the Monday morning Bible study, which is one of the things that the vicar gets to lead up here. And it's been a great experience. It's been a lot of fun. And I think it helps that the regular group gets really involved. Mm-hmm. And is quite happy to throw questions that get off topic and f- wander their way down a rabbit hole. And, and uh, it's a, not only a Bible study that you got a chance to teach, but it's a group that actually takes seriously the fact that they're training someone who's going to oh, be yeah. a pastor. Oh, yeah. And, and they go into Bible study mindful of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I don't know how it's been with past vicars, but at least this year, they haven't been afraid to push me. You know, to, to give me pushback, to to throw in, it's like you know, I I read this or I heard this or you know, what what did someone think on this one? You know, I think there were a couple times I got tossed some some kind of controversial things Luther might have said, where it's like, okay, I got to be on the spot, ready to mm-hmm. to deal with it. So it was it was really good experience, and they and they know why they're there. Are you okay, Bullhagen? You're distracting. I'm trying to have a meaty conversation. I'm here. really sorry. I had to cough. Be okay, Julie. I need you. Come on. I'm fine. Number four. Farmland. It's true. Yeah. We really like that. Yeah. 
I, I can I can wholeheartedly admit I missed it while in the city. I missed being able to see the sky, being able to see the horizon, and being able to How realize corny. I was yeah. I I can admit it. I was really happy driving down the back roads, trying you know the back highways, trying to get here when we moved and seeing seeing the fields. Right, and it, by the way, it's it's actually much better farmland than Nebraska. It is it's, very fertile. Yes, but it's farmland. a bit, but it's a bit drier because of no irrigation. Oh, this year. <clears throat> Yeah. They wait for rain. Yeah, they believe Jesus is bringing rain. Well, they don't have the water underground that we that they do in Nebraska. So, <laughs> yeah. either way, it's nice to see actual farmland as opposed to a whole bunch of trees and cities. It's true. The sky's bigger here. Yeah. No one, no one in Fort Wayne understood that statement. No. Number three. Number three. <laughs> Pastor Bull Hagen. Yes. <laughs> Number three. Oh. <laughs> You made the list, How does man? that feel you're only number I'm three? not even on the list. Right. See, I thought the rule was that you have to make the supervisor number one in your life. <laughs> have you sent in his, re- his review yet? Yeah, it's in. We don't have Aww. rules here. I, I, can on- <laughs> I could honestly say that, that the top three are all very close. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, Go I ahead. And, and, there's, and, there's reason, and there's reasons why. It's not, it's not, this isn't like a slight thing. This is a, you know, he, you know he's guided now at 16, 17 vicars. Mm-hmm. You know he's got so much experience with this. It's been very interesting to watch his methodology throughout the year, but it's been especially in those certain areas of pastoral care that I've learned a lot. Just observing, especially funerals. Like I, I'm going to unashamedly try to steal your funeral s- sermon style because it <laughs> works. It's like it. It's as simple as it can be, and it's like. Why why bother going out out of that method? It it just works. Yeah. So so what was it particularly? Is it the the presentation of the gospel? Yeah. The the, the fact that it's centered on the cross. It's it's not about it's the the person who died. They had faith in this promise, and that's the sermon. Like I kind of joked. I think at one point, every single funeral sermon is the same outline. It's just the details change because it's a different person, but it's the same faith. Right. And it just it just works so nicely. And didn't we didn't we have one of them actually on one of the podcasts? Yes, we did. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was Arnold's. Wasn't Arnold's it? funeral sermon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's a great simple format, and yeah, I I, I know I've got my upcoming homiletics class. I think that's one of the assignments. It'll be interesting to see how it works. Actually, I've been told by previous vicars that they like always get really good grades on their funeral sermon. Okay, <laughs> fourth year. There you go. Okay, no, no pressure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, All of them. I'll have. I'll have, I'll have to re-listen to that to that episode a yeah. few times. The top sixteen vicars yeah. all did. I'll, 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 I'll be sure to take. I'll be sure to take good notes with that. I'll listen to it a bunch. Number two. Number two. The congregation. Like this, like I could describe them as a veteran vicarage congregation. They they know what this is about. They know what the program's about, and they care. And it's obvious, especially the pushback I've gotten. And I have gotten some pushback from a few people. They, they, it is interesting that they do, you know, they do, because people can be critical of a pastor. Yeah. Right? And and they're, in, in those cases, a lot of times people are just complaining. But I do think that they might say something because it really is born out of care yeah. for the yeah. vicar. Yeah. They want to see every vicar who comes through here succeed. And... You know, just a couple months ago now, just about right, when number 16 was ordained, was mm-hmm. what, 30 people who went? 
from the congregation to his ordination. Yeah. It's that's pretty spectacular. We had almost as much many people from our own congregation than they had from Yeah. His new congregation. Right. Yeah, that's Yeah. That's a very humbling thing to think about. To realize it's like that's how that's how much they they're invested into this. Mm-hmm. You know, even even just at the meetings, listening to all the stuff that's going into it in the background, it's like, yeah, th- this this isn't just oh, this is a one thing we do. It's like no, this is this is our contribution to ministry. This is their mission work. Right. This is well. This is what we can. What, one thing that we can do really well for the sake of the church. Yeah. And the, yeah, and they do, and it's expensive. It's it. You know, it's probably double the price of it, of what it was when we started. Um, yeah. With his insurance and yeah, and and salary and uh, you know. all the things, yeah, right. And we actually get charged from the seminary. Oh, really? We pay a vicarage fee for the right of having a vicarage. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And I kind of at this point, having seventeen vicars, I'm, you know, I've done a lot of teaching for the seminary, and yet I have to, we have to pay for me to do that. <laughs> As I tell Julie, riddle me that. <laughs> yeah. And number one. Number one. Hampton's an actual small town. An actual small town. <laughs> <laughs> what was the pushback? Was it Croomblad? Uh, well, actually, a couple of my classmates might give me some pushback on this one, too. But I, And I can say I have some classmates. I even have a couple of professors who see Fort Wayne as a small town. It's not a small town. No, it's not. It's no, a small town. No, so I've got... Yeah, yeah. The, so you know, if the truth is, you know, if your if your town has more than one zip code, it's not a small town. Not a small town. You know, it, it should look more like Mayberry than New York City. And it's really nice being in that small in this setting, especially with a family. Like, mm-hmm. I like being, you know, close enough to the church I can walk, no matter what. And it's a unique. It's a small town too, where it's a small town, and yet if you really need it, you don't have to leave town. It, yeah. yeah, it could be self-sufficient enough that you wouldn't actually have to go well, out. Well, you haven't got to, to really experience a movie at the theater yet, have you? No. no we we got, love no. small town theaters, too. Space Jam this Space weekend. Jam. <laughs> LeBron Space Jam James. Space Jam? Yeah. The actual Space Jam? They yeah. should oh, just the replay. We yeah. should just oh, replay the first so one. That's not spa- <laughs> yeah. So it's not Space Jam. <laughs> no, it's the new one. <laughs> yes. Hey, we should ask some sports questions. Right? <laughs> I got history stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> we love small town. Yeah, we, we're small town. We people. spent quite a while living in a smaller town. Very much liked it. You know, I, I wish I had been able to have gotten around town a lot more, especially early on. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, and I know you got to see a few of the shops and everything. Yeah, downtown's really fun. Yeah, but and what didn't make the list? The wellness center. Did we all notice that he didn't say the wellness center? What? Because it was my list, not that's your true. list. That's, that's if it was your list, it could make the list. That's true. It's not my list. So is there, thank you for that fine list, Vicar. Is there, <laughs> is there anything you would like, Meg, to answer, to add to this list? Any uh, yeah. corrections? Comments? No, anything. Concerns? <laughs> All the things. All the things. You guys have been great. Made this year. You know, this year is a transition year. Like, you know, we come in and we come out, and it's stressful for a mom of five. But you guys have made this year really great. So, yeah. You know, what, it, what is interesting is uh, it is, you know, in a smaller way, we're I'm on the same ride with the vicar. Sure. You know, 
it, it really is kind of a, a you know, it, it's each vicar is its own ride. And every sure. year is its own ride. And, to, you know, it, it think, you know, okay, in a couple of weeks, we're right. starting this ride all over again. Right. Within, you know, it's, yeah. As, as I have to get psyched up for classes, you got to get ready for the next guy. Yeah. The whole, the whole awkward first week. The first, you know, where maybe, maybe not as awkward as the first week this this yeah. year. You won't be in quarantine the first right. two weeks. <laughs> I mean, we hope that you. Not, I feel like do I need to knock on wood that you yeah. won't be in quarantine. The first is, there, weeks. is there another variant coming out? I don't know. <laughs> that does make for an awkward beginning. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm. You know, if if you're coming in new, I'm not always. I could be a lot. <laughs> You know, but Peter was nodding at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it's it's for me. It's kind of like just the same things that I talked about as a dad. It all plays in with being a vicarage supervisor. You know, I I think of Jonah, uh, who graduating from high school. He has no memory of us never having a vicar. Yeah. All right, uh, Peter. Do we have enough show for today? Plenty. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. on behalf of the whole group, we we say that uh, um, that uh, feel free to edit. Edit. <laughs> Thanks for giving Editing. me because we did we did ramble a lot. Editing. Thanks for giving me permission. I needed that. I'll edit it. I'll edit the podcast this week. You got <laughs> it, man. I got you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Anyway, well, thank you for joining us today. Like I have slide on content and energy. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> not not enough snorts today, though. No, I wasn't drinking. <laughs> Just the Baja. Not as exciting. All right. So I am Bullhagen. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. I'm Mrs. Vicar. Thank you for listening. May your ways be fair. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.